Okay, let's go answer the bell, huh? If we just know what we're doing, work at it, and concentrate and do it. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of the Patriots Podcast. I'm Sean with Ryan and JJ. Hello. What's up? How we doing, fellas? Uh, all those listening, please remember to like and subscribe, rate and review to support this podcast. All right. We are ready to get into uh, it's Super Bowl week. Super Bowl week. We want to talk about Chiefs and Niners. But first, the Patriots have been on a hiring spree. The uh, last time it was last week, we were on the podcast and we're like, OK, we finally got a defensive coordinator like we were trying to figure out what's going on in the front office, who's going to coach the offense mm-hmm. a week later. And I feel like 90 percent of the puzzle is in place at this point. Yeah, the big the big question we had was what's going to go on and the brain trust running the offense of this team. Mm-hmm. First domino that fell, Alex Van Pelt hired as offensive coordinator, spent the last four seasons, I believe, in Cleveland under Kevin Stefanski, had a a long career uh, as an offensive coordinator or quarterbacks coach for like the previous 15 years in the league. One mm-hmm. of those guys that you've heard the name a ton of times, but you're like, I couldn't put a face to it. I'm not sure what offense he ran. Like, yeah, uh, a lot of that has to do with the fact that he hasn't called plays for more than uh, part of a season, I believe. So he didn't doesn't get a ton of publicity with that. Yep. Um, he brings along TC McCartney from Cleveland to be the quarterbacks coach. And then they also hire Ben McAdoo to be a senior offensive assistant. So Ben McAdoo. Uh, former Giants head coach. Um I don't I think he was the he was in Jacksonville after that as an offensive coach. So a lot of experience there. Uh, it's a lot, a lot of guys to react to right off the bat. We'll get into the offensive line coach after this. But um, as far as putting an experienced coaching staff to somebody, people that know how to put together and teach and call an offense, you got to feel like they at least got experience on that side of the ball. They sure Ryan, did. Ryan, what was your takeaway from, <laughs> they sure from did. Those th- that three-headed monster to, to spearhead the offense? I like Van Pelt. I always liked Van Pelt. I, I didn't really think that he deserved to get fired for, for how he put that offense together. Now, he, mm-hmm. granted, he didn't call plays. I think Stefanski was out multiple weeks over the last few years where, you know, like he had COVID or something, and, yeah. and then Stefanski or uh, Van Pelt would step in, call plays, did well in those games for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really good offensive line um, they had over there which, you know, hopefully we can build on it and, and establish our offensive line. You know, it's it's weird to see how he's going to call plays because he doesn't really have a ton of experience in that role. He's been a quarterback's coach in the past for the Bucks. He's been a quarterback's coach for the Bengals, quarterback's coach for the Packers for, for three years, four years. Um, worked with the Bills. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's got a lot of experience. Yeah, so, he's been around. Bringing someone like that in the building um, looks like a laid back, like kind of a cool guy, you know, put a, put his arm around you, um, walk you through stuff. I know he's pretty well respected around the league. Um, former quarterback, um, not really anything to write home about in that regard, but um, I think experience is, is the order of the day. And maybe you didn't get the guys you wanted. The other thing I really like about this is, is the stability of it because he's, 
he's not going to get a head coaching job anytime soon. He's going to be around for a few years. Yeah, he's so, got to do really successful for a few years. And I think that's a good point. I think that's a huge thing. When you look at maybe we draft a quarterback, probably we draft a quarterback, right? At number three. Yeah. You want a guy that's going to be around. Like, you don't want to fucking play musical chairs with, with the offensive coordinator. You really want some stability around the quarterback if right. that's the way it's going to go. So, uh, yeah, those basically my thoughts. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's a spectacular hire like a Zach Robinson would be, but if it was a Zach Robinson, and you have a good season, Zach Robinson could be out the door the next season as a head right. coach somewhere. You know, so very true. Yeah, I mean, I was just happy to see that they got a guy who was a quarterbacks coach for a long time, and as Ryan mentioned, has a lot of experience in that area. You know, we've just kind of seen since Josh McDaniels left a few years ago that uh, our coaching staff kind of left that up to whoever was left. Basically like, oh, so-and-so will do it. And, you know, Mac Jones didn't end up turning out to what we wanted it to be. I'm sure if he had more stability at quarterback's coach, you would like to see, you would have at least hoped that his fundamentals wouldn't have regressed the way they did the past two years and they would have improved and maybe it wouldn't have been so bad, but, you know, and you never know what those types of players, but, a quarterback-focused uh, offensive coordinator is something, you know, that's really nice to see. Um, no, I don't know. I feel like he's got a lot of experience. The the Ben McAdoo thing, I don't know. I think you guys are a little happier about that one than I am. I remember who he was on the Giants. And, uh, McAdoo? And Ryan McAdoo. I know you like them as a coordinator. I don't know. I just – he has a lot of the feeling of Matt Patricia leaving Detroit was what McAdoo leaving – the Giants. He just isn't a head coach. So he's not really in a defined role either. He's like an offensive assistant coach. Yeah. You know, I know he's a play yeah. caller. So maybe they just brought him in to help Van Pelt with play calling cadence, stuff like that. I hope he's not the one calling the plays. Hopefully it is going to be Van Pelt. Um, you know, because I don't know, Ben McAdoo. I don't remember his play calling. It was a long time ago, but I was surprised to see his name come up. Um, and then we also saw, saw um, Elliot Wolf seemingly be the go-to GM, which is something that we were kind of all looking to see what was going to happen there. And if it was going to be him, I think if it was an in-house option, he seemed kind of like the guy that we all thought would be the one that we would at least accept as the GM, just because he's been other places, you know, he's yep. been, he's he was in Green Bay. He's, yeah, people... you know, his, People yeah. like and respect him. He's a, he's a quieter guy. He's not going to get involved in any of the... He's not really a media media guy. You probably won't hear right. from him much in the media. But um, he's well-respected. He's been on the right side of a, of a lot of things that he's done as far as uh, evaluating talent. McAdoo is the big one for me as far as evaluating talent. He was, he was on the right side of the Mahomes thing. He was the one, um, you know standing on top of the table banging the table for Mahomes when he was with the, when he was with the Giants saying I would love to work with this guy he said it publicly I think to the New York Times um and instead you know the Giants were enamored with uh Davis Webb you know it's like okay uh you know maybe you want to listen to the guy a little bit you know I I have a lot of respect for Ben McAdoo I think he's a good coach I don't know if he's well I do know I I think he's not a, a head coach, mm. but it's a guy you could have. It's an, 
again, a guy you can have around the team for multiple years. He's not going to get another job as far yeah, as no one's going to, you know, he's not going to move anything. up. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Not that uh, fast. Yeah. He's, he's an interesting, I, I did not have him in the mix as somebody that uh, would be added to the staff. Ben McAdoo was, was fired as the giants head coach after the 2017 season. And then nobody hired him until 2020. Yeah, he spent he several it, years out of football. Out of football, his, right. It was that bad. It was at the end. It's it's kind of crazy. He was he was fired seven years ago, and he's only forty six. I mean, he was a he was a young dude when wow. this happened. But I, I mean, that. you yeah. got a head coach's salary for a couple of years. Maybe maybe he just wanted to spend more time with his family at that point. Who knows if he's got you know a growing family? But um, yeah, it's interesting to. I'm just happy that they're adding people that have done it before and, and you can debate whether or not these people are the uh, the highest uh achievers or the highest echelon offensive minds that you could possibly bring in here but with Gerard Mayo as a first time head coach primarily focused on the defense um having people that have known how to run an offense here and especially having two is great mm-hmm. um Seems like Van Pelt is going to be the one directing the whole thing, and and McAdoo's there is a in a consulting fashion as an assistant coach. But it's just good to have a couple brains um, in the room that that have done it before. We we kind of skipped over offensive line, so we no right. I think yes, yes, and we. I mean, the amount of air that we sucked up last season talking about this offensive line and where who is fucking coaching this offensive line. Same thing the year before. Um, when Matt Patricia was in charge, they actually right. bring in a, a new offensive line coach, Scott Peters, who was the assistant O-line coach in Cleveland. Yes. Um, so he will be running the show for the first time on his own. However, one big caveat, he was tut- uh, he was tutored underneath Bill Callahan, Cleveland Browns offensive line coach. Bill Callahan is a legendary offensive line coach. I've gone on and on about it before mm-hmm. on this podcast when we trade for Tyrone Wheatley. And Bill Callahan said how much he liked Tyrone Wheatley Jr. Um, so Scott Peters comes from that lineage, and and you can't get better offensive line tutelage there unless it's Dante Scarnecchia. But um, so that that's got to be pretty promising. I feel like the the Browns offensive line has performed well, but again, that was under Bill Callahan's direction. So hopefully Scott Peters picked up all the right um, yeah. all the right lessons and saved that phone number in his phone mm-hmm. hopefully they have a good relationship he could call him all the time send him videos but uh, i mm-hmm. think that that's a critical hire i mean it's, it's the the lowest performing unit on the team outside of quarterback and it's 100 critical we will have an early draft pick at at on that unit whether it's the first second or third round uh, one mm-hmm. of those guys will definitely be an offensive lineman so I'm happy they got somebody in place. Hopefully he knows what the hell he's doing. <clears throat> and hopefully Van Pelt, McAdoo can help <laughs> him along. This right. is one of my favorite hires, actually. Um, when you look at who he's worked with, mm-hmm. who he's coached up, White Teller, Batonio, some of those guys, uh, Alex Mack, who's the center over there? I forget. But um, he's worked with some really good players over there, gotten them better. I mean, I think that's one of the stronger offensive line units in the league. When you look over at the yeah, Cleveland Browns, and then that's down to personnel too. It's not really about him as much, but they've all performed. Um, you look at him, former player, former former offensive lineman. I think he was a fourth fourth round pick for the Eagles. I want to say way back when. Um, and he's got after he retired. I think he bounced around a bit with the Cardinals for a few years. 
after he retired, he got into jujitsu. And he brought a lot of that in as far as like hand placement and, and, you know, leverage and, you know, why, uh, Teller, Wyatt Teller was trying to like knock him off the spot and he couldn't do it, you know, and this guy has been retired for 10 years. So I think there's a lot you could take and, and use to your advantage and, and incorporate that mixed martial arts kind of, kind of thing, you know, and, and. Offensive lineman translates to wrestlers, jujitsu, all that shit, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I was a fan of that one. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I one other thing I want to add about uh, Van Pelt that, that I thought was at least impressive this year is, you know, they had a lot of quarterbacks play this year, and obviously Deshaun Watson never really kind of came under form under Van Pelt, and that's, from what I've heard, the reason for some of his fire, you know, one of the reasons for his firing was that he didn't get as much out of Deshaun Watson as they were looking for him to get. And that's kind of a tough uphill battle when you pay a guy $300 million, they're expecting big things. And when big things don't happen, you know, you got to blame someone. So, um, yeah. they, you know, I feel like he was the one that got the blame for that, but the, all their other quarterbacks on that team that went in there did okay. in one games guys that I never thought could do anything. And, you know, I don't have their names off the top of my head, but they were winning games consistently, and that's why they got to the playoffs. And even Joe Flacco, obviously Joe Flacco just came back and started throwing it all over the place. But, you know, he put those guys in a position to succeed. Whatever he was doing in practice was definitely helping that quarterback room. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, they, they had DTR in there for a few games. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is a rookie out of UCLA. Um, and then Flacco came in uh, eventually and, I think did really well, you know? Um, so you have to give some credit to the coaching staff to just get him incorporated in the plays. But as far as QB coach and stuff like that, like Flacco doesn't really need a lot of coaching. He's right. No, he's sure. been around the league. You know, he knows what he's doing. So I'm really happy with this direction as far as like guys that know what they're doing. They've been in the room They they know how to coordinate meetings and, and that kind of thing. Um, they can give, uh, Mayo a little reprieve so he doesn't have so much responsibility where he needs to take care of like scheduling and all that kind of thing. Um, it's really, uh, I think that it's good. It's good to have an assistant coach, um, offensive line coach, quarterbacks coach that the next things we really need to fill are running back wide receiver, tight end. We would, I mean, I would love to get a good wide receiver coach in here. Yeah. Troy's out. Did Troy already say he's out? Troy, there hasn't hasn't been an announcement about Troy. Brown. I haven't heard anything about Troy. All I know is Joe Judge is gone. Um, is Joe Judge officially gone? Yeah, that, that's what I heard today. Cam yeah. Accord's officially gone. Oh, Cam Accord's yeah. gone. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about Cam um, Accord. Then, I'm pretty sure he's out of the building. As you mentioned, we uh, got Steve Belichick's re-signed to be the safeties coach, which is an interesting turn of events. Well, so, Brian Belichick. Belichick. Brian, I'm sorry, Brian. Yeah. So good transition. We we'll talk about the defense. Yep. Uh, so that there were a couple more. Pieces filled. So Brian Belichick, the younger of the Belichick sons, retained as safeties coach. Also, Mike Pellegrino stays at cornerbacks coach. Steve mm -hmm. Belichick, who's been calling the defensive plays for the last four or five years, uh, mm -hmm. at least, something like that. Um, Steve Belichick moved to University of Washington, took the defensive coordinator job there. So it's probably one of those situations where he he wasn't the defensive coordinator because Demarcus Covington got got promoted to that. 
Um, and so <laughs> is Demarcus Covington now going to have Steve Belichick on the staff and calling plays? And where where does that leave the you know the power structure on the de- right. defensive side of the coaching staff? So it was probably just time. And uh, and Steve got you know he got a full defensive coordinatorship, so he's going to be able to really branch out on his own and make his own coaching yeah. career. Curious if, if, if I'm I'm still curious if Covington actually calls a defensive place. I don't know if Mayo is Mayo might. He, oh, he could he could too. I think I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, as I far would prefer as the, if Mayo didn't have to be so focused on defense if he was able to step I, back. I think that would be best Manage for a first time head coach to be able to not call plays and just yeah. kind of keep the overall Definitely. you know team concept in his mind. I think that's I think that's best, um, especially for a guy that's never really done it before. He's never really called plays, has he? Because no. it was always Steve Belichick, uh, of course. Steve going to Washington, which is a great job, but yeah. um, a lot of those guys left. I think they had like twelve guys transfer out of Washington. A different well, their story. Whole coaching for... staff left. <clears throat> right, DeBoer left. Uh, it's a different story for a different day. But uh, Brian Belichick coming in the safeties, I like that. That's fine with me. Um, Jerry Montgomery hired as defensive line coach. So that was Jerry, re- the other addition. Another guy went, w- with a ton of experience. Like yeah. you look around Iowa, um, Northern Iowa, Iowa was a high school, Indiana, Michigan, Oklahoma, Green Bay, a lot of Green Bay connections. It's going to be a theme here. And Green then, Bay uh, and Cleveland town right now. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. it's like Green, Bla- Green Bay and Cleveland, like kind of staffers. I guess you would call him, but like they, they've moved up. He was a defensive line coach in, um, in Green Bay too. So I like this hire. I, I always thought Green Bay's defensive line was pretty good. So it's tough. You don't want to put too much on their performance of, of, of what they've done when they was there, when they were there, mm-hmm. but how much they got out of guys that maybe <clears throat> weren't the best athletes, you know? And, you know, it's easy to put like, it's easy to put a grade on like they didn't they had a bad team or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. How much did he oh. improve those guys? That, that's that's what I you're starting to sound like Michael Felger when he was when he was talking to Lombardi. I'm starting to sound like Michael Lombardi when he was talking to Michael Felger. <laughs> well, he's saying you were saying it's it's easy to put a grade on somebody when you could when you see the results for a coach when you're like, Oh, well, your guys didn't play well. You you were 25th in the league in sacks. How good could your defensive line coach actually right. be? Right, but go, maybe well, they I'm should have been the maybe they should have been 30th. Yeah, you know. So maybe they... I'm I'm guessing you guys caught that <clears throat> that interview with Felger and Michael Lombardi. Oh, fantastic! Oh, live, fantastic. <laughs> uh, I'm a guy that's read, you know, Lombardi's book, you know, and he's he's just come out with a new one. I'll read too, and he's a it's big. Good. He's a big Belichick um, disciple. I mean, I, what did he work yeah. for him for like a couple of years? Got, he's got a couple of rings. He worked for him in Cleveland. He worked for worked on the Pats for a few years. You know, he's kind yeah. of been bouncing around. Yeah. So they, yeah, they have a longstanding relationship, and he's out, obviously Michael Lombardi's got a ton of respect for Belichick. Who wouldn't? Uh, <laughs> well, a lot of people wouldn't right now. Ev- it's a lot of people don't. Michael yeah. Felger was not acting like he had much respect for, for Belichick. The, the conversation seemed, it felt like it was boiling down to they went four and 13 Belichick's bad is like the message Felger was putting out and bad from now on. He's not saying he was bad over the right. six Super Bowl. He was right. saying, look, 
He was 71 years old. They went four and 13. This is why nobody hired him. Right. And Lombardi was saying he didn't, I think on Lombardi's podcast today, he said he didn't walk through the stupid wash and come out dumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had a bad, a bad year. It was a bad team. He had a ton of responsibility for putting together the team that was out there, putting together yeah. the scheme that, that was unsuccessful. A lot All of his of coaches have been poached over the last three or four years where it's like our staff was just. Yeah. Know, but I think apart. Lombardi's point was he can still be a good coach. Right. Like right. Somebody should hire him. And Felger, I think, was saying people well, don't want to hire him because yeah, he's, he's not he's hired. this big magnet and big uh, footprint inside your organization. And maybe he's not as good now as he had been. Look, they, they, it was they a frustrating both, combo, though. It, it was a frustrating conversation. And it was 24 minutes I thought it of was it. And, it. and it was very argumentative. And Felger does a great job. He's he's great at what he does as far as a host. He wants he gets people to listen. He very contrarian. Even when we were winning six Super Bowls, he had a lot to say about Belichick and this and that. Yeah. And and he doesn't really want to give Belichick and Brady any, any kind of credit for things he's done when Tom Brady wasn't there, including the Matt Castle year, um, the Cam Newton year when I did we make the playoffs with Cam Newton? No, um, I can't remember. Seven and nine. Seven and nine. Right. We we made the playoffs with Mac Jones. Got got our asses kicked. Right. Yep. And you know, and we're this close last year to making the playoffs too. If Jacoby Myers doesn't do a boneheaded, you know, lots of throwback. Yeah. You know, I I come out on both sides a little bit. You know, I respect Belichick as a coach. I think he's a fantastic coach. I don't think he's a great GM. Um, I've never really thought he was a great GM. You know. And like, can he coach up any position on the field? Yeah. He knows everything about every position, you know, right. and you got to give him his flowers because he he's earned them, you know? So for Felger to kind of, you know, he, he just wants to really shit on Belichick. And he, I felt like in that interview, he felt like he was talking to Belichick because they're yeah, so he kept close. saying it. I finally heard from Belichick and yeah. Lombardi's going, no, you didn't. You heard from me. I don't speak for Bill. He said that like he's, and he's <laughs> like, do you have any last words? He's like, yes, I want everybody out there to know that I do not speak for Bill Belichick. Like he was very pointed about that, which was pretty funny. I think you have to give him credit. I, mean, I, I give him both a, credit, you know? There's a lot of, there's a lot of radio people that would have got off and said, all right, well, we have nothing to talk about. Like it was just too argumentative, you know? Yeah, but they kept going at each other, which I thought, I mean, I thought it was as pure entertainment is how I took it. So I was laughing the whole time and thought it was funny what they were saying. I mean, you know, I get it's, I, I don't think either of them are really wrong. I think Bill should have a job. I think Bill can still do it. I, I have been, um, very staunch on the fact that I would have liked him back for another year to give him another redemption chance, but obviously it didn't happen. And, but on the flip side, you know, he did go four and 13 and we did have his terrible season and, you know, he yeah. was the one in charge of everything. So, you know, there is some truth to that. He isn't hired. So if there was a, you know, which I'm shocked by, I'm shocked by Dan Quinn getting a job over Bill Belichick. Now maybe Bill didn't want to go there and all these other things, but like it's a control after, thing. It, it's a control thing. Like yeah, Bill expects, you know, and you guys kind of laid it out last week you know, the certain people in certain organizations that Bill has just wanted nothing to do with over the years and trashed. And it's like a lot of those guys, there's a lot of those guys out there. There's a lot of those people in the league that he is crapped on. And now he's trying to get hired by them and they yeah. don't want to hire him. And it's, look at, you know, look that's at, just the way it is. So 
Terry I don't know what the year off does though. You know, if he takes Terry a year Fontenot off, Terry is fucking ecstatic that Bill Belichick is not in Atlanta. You know. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Sure, there's people in Washington. There. Rich McKay. You know, they because they would have fucking lost their jobs otherwise. Right. There's no reason for him to not be there. Uh, right. Uh, I get. I guess he wanted that job, but give it a year. Belichick will be gone. He'll come back. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised by one of these teams that the coach was on the hot seat, like a, I don't, not necessarily Dallas, but I'll use Dallas as an example. Dallas goes into the season and they go four and six, and McCarthy. They're like, we could fire McCarthy right now and bring in Bill. You think Belichick would come in mid-season? I think it, I I wouldn't be surprised. No, they hired and turn around an organization and get them to the playoffs. It's like that'd be a fun experiment. That'd, that'd be a hell of a story. Do Dallas? you think he'd get interim interim head coach, or they'd just be like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they they'd probably just give him the head coach. If it was Jerry yeah. Jones, he'd probably just give him head coach. But I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he's out there, dude. And you're bad, and you have a lot of talent. I don't see why you wouldn't. It's like, what do you have? Very to lose strange at that point? the way it's it's lining up in Dallas because. They're interviewing guys that would want, you know, two, three years. Um, they brought in, I think Ron Rivera is is going to end up there as a defensive coordinator on a one-year because he's already being paid by Washington. So mm-hmm. for them to sign somebody like a, a, I don't know, I'm blanking, but I've heard guys Mike that, Zimmer is thrown out Mike there. Zimmer, but he would want two, three years and then. You know, is they, Zimmer think, was Zimmer anywhere this year? Or was he out? How old is Zimmer? Isn't he like no? Zimmer wants back in. Zimmer wants he, back he in. He was out. But I think he's going to be out of the league. Sixty-seven years old. He's out of the he league. He was out of the league. So here's the thing: like, if you bring a coach in and give him two, three years, Mike McCarthy's going to look at it and like, I only have one year left. That's not. That's not right. You're going to bring right. in a guy for two, three years. So if they don't hire someone on a one-year basis, like a Ron Rivera. It looks Ron, bad. Mike McCarthy is going to be pissed, and it's going to look bad. And, you know, it's kind of superseding the the head coach there, right? Wow. It's kind this of going is... above his head. So I'm In telling depth. you, Belichick has a real chance to, to end up there, I would say, before the end of 2024. Wow, crazy. Yeah, I know. What's weird is we're already past all the head coach movement. It would just be strange if somebody was fired now, like after all the Not games happened. are over. Yeah. Like no, no, you can't do it now. Yeah. They've already, it'd they've... be really weird. The only yeah. time I can remember is uh, when Bruce Arians retired. I think he retired in like March and they oh, gave yeah, it over to a, Todd Bowles, but a, I guess a possibility, but I don't, somebody there's no could way, retire. There's no know. way. I don't think Bill, I guess Bill could, but he would, fucking fire everyone if he wasn't interim i don't see oh, it. yeah i think it's a clean slate kind of next off season thing where bill gets back in it's yeah. really weird it's really yeah. weird to see bill without a job though i, I want to see him have a job in media really bad and i really i really hope he doesn't wind up on one of those like nfl pregame shows where they're like hey bill what do you think can you summarize this game for us in 15 seconds like I, I hope he gets a chance. Yeah, where he and can, they're like, he you got to run the ball and fucking defend the pass. If he had his that. own like one hour show where he that's broke what, down that's what I see. 10 games, five minutes a game. Yes. And did it for an hour on NFL Network. Oh, must my watch, God. Must watch TV, right? Must like, watch TV. I, I've watched each episode multiple times. Like it, that would be the best thing ever. 
If you get Bill <laughs> Belichick on X's and O's, that would be good. Like play design, that kind of thing. What the safety is supposed to do? Where 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 the weak man is on this side? That you know where the offense is supposed to attack and and how the defenses are supposed to, is supposed to respond to it. Like you will never you will never get better. It's football porn. You know what I mean? Yeah. You will never get, yeah. it's like reading a that book. Never get you know? better analysis. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that's what I hope happens over this, this year. You know, Sean Payton did some, some, I think he did like the Fox pregame show. He did. It was like, yeah. I didn't really learn anything. He said some insightful things, but you, you don't have any time. There's no time. Oh, yeah. on us, so. But that's another Maybe good point. You bring up week. Sean Payton and he was out of a job for over a He's year a after, younger, after his suspension. Right. He was out of a job but, for over a year. Yeah. But he's younger. Was he in his early sixties, mid sixties? Belichick's not by he's Hardy. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, moving on from that, a couple other nuggets from from uh, all the all the media with with the Super Bowl. This might transition us into into the talk about the Super Bowl. Uh, for those listening, we are going to talk about draft QBs for a couple minutes at the end of this before we dig real deep in on the next episode. But. Um, with the Super Bowl happening, they have the whole media day and people come from all over the country and there's just a million reporters and people are around. So a couple nuggets that that came out this week. Jacoby Myers did a few interviews with with Patriot yeah. beat writers. And they're they're like, What's like what happened? And uh, evidently it was a one million dollar difference in salary between mm-hmm. what the Raiders were offering and the Patriots were willing to pay, and they wouldn't bridge the gap. And so he winds up with the Raiders and we get a dud and Juju. That was annoying. And then also they were talking about Mac Jones and he's like, I feel like they, they kind of set him up for disaster. He felt he was more than anything. It sounded like he just felt bad for Mac. Like Mac's trying hard. They didn't put all the pieces around him uh, and it didn't work out on his end either. So it's just, I was like, ah, God, Jacoby, why did we let you leave? You would have helped the whole thing. I know for a million bucks too. That, you know, I, I, I see both sides. You know, it was undrafted player. A million bucks is a lot to him. On the flip side, you don't take a little bit of a discount to stay where you've been and where you were drafted and stuff like that. You know, a lot sometimes guys do that, but he clearly didn't give a shit, and I don't blame him for it. So it it's unfortunate that they couldn't do that. They couldn't just give him We talking about money. Jacoby Myers? Yeah, yep. Jacoby Myers, how he got the – he it was just a million-dollar <clears throat> difference between the contracts. So – I mean, I get both sides of it. I, you know, a million bucks is a million bucks. You'd think the team would get Bridget, but I don't know. Yeah, you know Maybe. What? Who knows? I think that if you look at Juju's career, what he had done to that point, versus what um, what Jacoby has done, you would you would value Juju higher, and that's what I did. I fell into that trap, but I really didn't look at his knees. His knees are fucking gone. At least yeah. one of his knees, like, he's not the same player. We all thought he was going to be good. We all thought Juju yeah. would be a good player. but And the medicals cleared, so we we figured that he would be okay, you know? And, like, he just couldn't get any separation. Yeah, and he when he did, slower. he would he drop the ball, step. and it was like, why are you dropping the ball? Because Plus, historically, he, historically he's had, like, a very, very low drop rate. So, yeah. I don't think he liked Mac Jones. It the was thing, as simple as thing, that. He hated Mac Jones. As soon as Zappy came in, he had like his two best games of the season and normal receiving numbers. But he's always been that's, a December that's, player. That's another thing that's on Bill because Jacoby and, and Mac had the best chemistry on the team. 
Oh, for sure. He was his third you know? down option. He was just the go-to guy, you know, and now he's gone. He's out of the building. You got a guy that you can't wait to get out of his deal. And it was it was $1 million difference, but it was basically just the guarantees that mattered. So the first year you're giving um, Juju, what, $9.5 million guaranteed, and then the next year you're giving him six million dollars guaranteed and then after that you can get out of it for free um and then i think jacoby's was a little bit longer i think it was more stretched out i want to say the guarantees right but it was like 15 or something like that for regardless they're really close they're really close. close to get two different classes of player at this stage in both their careers just a a big miss a big miss right there. Uh, so it was good to hear from Jacoby. I, I guess he is a local guy for Vegas with the Super Bowl being there. The the other one I just wanted to touch on was Kendrick Bourne, upcoming free agent. He's saying all the all the right things about, I want to come back. I feel like I was my best I've ever been in my career uh, in New England. He does. He hmm. I feel like he always says the best things. In the yeah, media. he does. What, He's great, man. He knows how to happened play the behind game. The scenes in 2022 that that caused his playing time to be so erratic. Uh, you know, he's come back from a big injury right now. That's going to impact his the the value that he's going to be able to find in free agency. I definitely want him back. Um, yeah, I'd take it back. Also, good to hear from him. I mean, he's yeah. he's definitely on my list for the receivers that we need to to fill out that room with. If if I mean, he's not the most talented guy. All right, he's just not. But if you factor in his personality, his energy, I mean, there's almost no one I would rather have just for culture building, positive attitude, that kind yeah. of thing. Like he he's played been pretty fantastic. Well. Players love him. Coaches love him. Um, I don't know why he was cost so much playing time in the last couple of years. That's got to be some personal thing. But I, I just don't get the vibe that like he would be a disturbance in any way. You know, like, yeah. If he can come back to eighty percent of what he was, then I think he should have a spot here. And I don't know what you have to pay him. Hopefully, not too much. Probably but... about the same. Last time it was fifteen mil over over three years. I bet yeah. it's not too much different from that. I don't think yeah. I'd give him three years again, but I'd give him two. You know, and then maybe maybe eight million, nine million for two years because he's coming off that injury. Um. Yeah, you might be able to get him for somewhere between eight and twelve. He seems invested in New England. You know, forty that's forty-six million. Invested in New England is like you're not going to find that too too much right now. So, yeah, I would love to bring him back. I I have I'm, nothing but but good things to say about Kendrick Bourne. I think we should dip into the same the same well that that brought us Kendrick Bourne, which was the fourth receiver in San Francisco. I want to do the exact same thing. This is a guy to watch in the Super Bowl this weekend. Jawan Jennings. Yeah, Jennings is a good player. The like one of the maybe the fourth receiving option, uh, maybe fifth if you count. Um, God, McCaffrey. Yeah, but he he makes tough catches. He makes them in big moments. Again, not the most physically talented guy, but reminds me a lot of Kendrick Bourne. Are you gonna say it, Jawan Jennings? Yeah, I think the best run blocking wide receiver in the league. Oh, you think so? All right. You know, and you know, you don't find that too often. This guy doesn't give a fuck, dude. He will block you ten yards out of bounds, and that's just the way he plays. And and Kyle Shanahan's gone on on 
record saying, you know, don't take it personal, guys, in practice. This is the way he is. Yeah. Like, you know, and he's gotten into so many fights. But it's not that he's picking a fight. This is just the way he is. He plays to the whistle. He plays, you know, a second after the whistle. So he's nasty, yeah. man. And, and I want to bring him in. It's yeah. not going to be a huge number to bring him in either. And we can offer him a, a much bigger role than he's going to be offered in San Francisco with all those weapons. Yeah, Definitely. I don't know what he's going to bring as far as catching the ball, but he brings a lot. He's not going to bring a ton catching the ball is what I'm trying to say, but he's he's going to bring a lot to the team, good attitude. Um, I would be okay with that. The only thing is, where do you put him? Who who do you get rid of? Because now you have... He takes five. Juju's time. See you, Juju. So We so have to like, pay him. He's still on the team. We got Juju. We got Parker. We got uh, Pop Douglas. We got Booty. Is he going to be on the team? I don't know. Um, yeah, that's, that's another thing, right? So <laughs> I don't think we even touched on that. Yeah. And we so got Kendrick Bourne and Jawan Jennings. That's, that's six right there. Assuming we don't draft someone. We're going to draft somebody. So that's seven. Yeah. Someone's the odd man out. Maybe it's booty, you know, but. Uh, yeah. After that whole gambling thing, it might be booty. Can you imagine. We will uh, see. He could put, be about... on the non-football, uh, whatever the non-football <laughs> list is. Someone was talking about booty and Calvin Ridley. If we bring in Calvin Ridley and the, uh, the amount of fucking gambling problems that are with those two guys, like booty. How much money did he, how many bets did he make? Hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I, I think it was something like he made thousands of bets. It was something like seven bets a day. Yeah. It was like, Oh, it was a job. I don't know yeah, how he did like anything he else. Like he was he was racketeering, okay? There were like there were people <laughs> that were underage and, and he must have been putting bets on the table for them and and being like yeah, kind of he, he like was a bookie. bookie. He, he was, was definitely a doing a being a bookie. Yeah. There's no There's no way he wasn't because that's way too many bets to make yeah. by yourself. No, it was, well, maybe he's an entrepreneur. You I never know what these these college kids like I saw Carson Beck today, the quarterback from Georgia, bought a Lamborghini Urus. That's the they way it's going with college, with the NIL money, and he bought a Lamborghini Urus. What's that? It's got to be two hundred grand, right? At got to be. Yeah, kids, the quarterback at Georgia, he's making dough. Uh, good. Yeah. So, um, switching gears to to the Super Bowl. So we we made our picks last week. Um, the main things to talk about some of the health issues. Rasheed Rice is now limited in practice. Joe Tooney still not practicing. Probably won't the play. They're saying Joe, Joe Tooney he's won't out. play. Tooney's yeah, probably he's out. out. Uh, That's a big the, loss. The Niners are fairly healthy. Debo's been dealing with that shoulder thing. That, it's not going to go away in two weeks. So right. he's, he's I'm going to keep my eyes on him and see how mm-hmm. he's falling because he changes the whole dynamic of that offense. When you throw a oh, screen yeah. pass to Debo and he truck sticks a linebacker, yeah, it changes tough. the whole complexion of the game. That's Absolutely. that's how I saw them get come back against the Lions. I was watching that game. I was like, you got you got to get the ball Debo here. And boom, they get the ball Debo, start moving down the field, get a lucky catch from Ayuk. Uh, and then the wheels are spinning at that point. Um, wanted to talk about a couple prop bets. So I don't know if you guys have have picked any of these out. One of the the funny ones is uh, the length of the national anthem. Yeah, they do that oh, every boy. year. Yeah, but I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, it's Reba McIntyre is doing it this year. 
and the over under is 87 seconds and nobody has ever like on since they've been doing these prop bets nobody's ever been like under 100 seconds so she's real fast so she's they're expecting her to like sprint through this thing that's where the over under is set at and i'm staring at it like oh my god i think i might take the under just like because everybody would be going the over oh we we gotta look up reba we gotta look up reba yeah how fast does reba talk oh my god i I always wonder also like how do they record it if it's really close is it like do they like watch her vocal cords stop moving like how do they get it right on like if it was 87.6 someone's in her ear going keep going hold that note hold that last i don't know how i feel about this because if you were her wouldn't you put like a million dollars on it and be like i'm just gonna stretch the last syllable yeah yeah if i were her yeah but I don't think she's gonna do this. She's got she's got plenty of money, doesn't she? She's got that. Oh, she had yeah. a TV show. She's so got I'm looking at her right now. I'm looking at her stats here, from Southeastern, then transferred to Oklahoma State University. Didn't transfer. Probably got some kind of different degree at Oklahoma State University. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that has to do with anything. Are you scouting Reba McIntyre? I'm scouting. Right I'm scouting, dude. <laughs> Let's look at her build. I, I don't know, but she's gonna be 69 in fucking March. So oh, I, maybe I'm she gonna, needs to get it over with. She's a country singer. Is she really that can go go that Does she fast? Have pipes like that? She have pipes where she could yeah, really. She's got in Houston. Yeah, she's a good. I mean, singer. Chris Stapleton was pretty slow. But I'm shocked that she's gonna do it that slow when she's uh Yeah, she's worth 95 million. Yeah, if you're I almost 69. I don't think she's gonna put that uh, bet on. Put Do 45 mil down. Double down, lady. If you're almost 69, don't you want to get it the fuck over with and get your money? Yeah, she might be succeeded while she's doing it. Who knows? They get paid for, right? They have to get paid. I, I don't definitely. know. Maybe they don't. Maybe it's just it's a, a lot of advertisement. Rec- it's a lot I'd of recognition. I'd be shocked if she... Yeah. Like, yeah. if I was her? a no name and I had a great voice... Why would she show up, though? She's worth 95 million bucks. Because it's the Super Bowl. Why not? What's oh. her height and height and weight? Do you know? <laughs> Christ. <laughs> uh, but no, bet on the coin toss and the Gatorade. I, I can't get into that. The color of the yeah, Gatorade. The color of the Gatorade. Who gives yeah. a oh, fuck? Yeah, yeah right. That's degenerate level right there. If you're betting on the color of the Gatorade, just probably admit that you have a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah, and seek help. You know what I Do mean? Do you think like, those guys are like watching the game, looking at the sideline, like trying to see what color the Gatorade is in people's cups? They probably have or when they like people come there. out and spray it in their mouth. They're like, "What color oh, is yeah. that? I can't, is that blue? Maybe you we got some action at halftime." I can't even believe the amount of things people bet on. It's I mean, the, the, mine's always like defensive. My favorite, like defensive score first, safety first score, shit like that. That's just who's like the astronaut. first score? That kind of thing. Yeah, which which receiver gets the first touchdown? My favorite one is the first touchdown. Will it be scored by somebody with a jersey number above or below 18 and a half? Holy fuck, they have that? (laughs) Isn't that a good one? Because you start doing it and you're like, okay, Debo's 19. So he's in the over. You got both tight ends are in the over. McCaffrey's over. Debo's 19 should be under, shouldn't he? Was that Ayuk's under, right? 18 and a half. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So it's like you got a lot of guys in the over. You got both quarterbacks and Pacheco. On the under. Is it Ayuk on the under or is he in the 80s? Ayuk's on the under. Yep. So it's like, it's, 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 weird it's a pretty good new, split. It's a it's weird thing with the new numbers, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. You would have thought it'd be in like the forties before they, they let receivers right, wear those, right. the low numbers and running picked, backs too, I suppose. My wife had like this thing at work where she asked me all these questions and I answered them with just the player. So I didn't really think about these, these things. Who's the first to score? I said, Rasheed Rice, I think. It's a good one. What is, what does he wear? I have no fucking clue. Like, I, I think he might be 18 actually. <clears throat> okay. So, so and then they said, who's going to be the the MVP of the game? You want to, you guys want to get into that? Cause I picked Christian McCaffrey. I'd pick McCaffrey. That's a good one. Oh, he wears four, number four. So he's below. McCaffrey's I'd 24, McCaffrey. right? Oh, Rasheed Rice is four. Rasheed Rice is four. McCaffrey's 23, I think. Yeah, the, the MVP odds are are kind of nuts because the, the quarterback's such a heavy favorite. It's like, Mahomes. do you. Yeah, well, let me see. Uh, I had it pulled up here and now it's gone. But it's like Mahomes is like a minus. It's like minus 150 or something for Mahomes. Right. And I th- Yeah, it's got to be Mahomes or. I think that if the 49ers win this game, it's going to be because of their run game. I so would think so. For that reason, I picked McCaffrey. I think and, McCaffrey. I think not he's just the, their run game with McCaffrey, but he can catch passing. Passing through. game. And right. trust, like Kansas City's had a bad run defense. That was kind of the whole thing against the Baltimore. They didn't run it. You know Kyle Shanahan's going to run it on them and use McCaffrey in every possible way. This is probably the healthiest McCaffrey's been in any playoff run. You know, he's always usually pretty banked up, but he's got the last two years, he's done pretty good for himself. So I think he's the, you know, the the gadget player that kind of changes the tide for the 49ers. If the Chiefs win, I'm going to go Kelsey. I think the, Kelsey's you know, at plus 1,400. Mahomes is plus 150. So I was wrong about that. Okay. Purdy's plus 210. McCaffrey's plus 450. Uh, I'd, is I'd, there a bet on if Taylor Swift is at the game? She's definitely on. The it's got to be a bet. Well, doesn't she have a concert in Japan like the same day or something? Oh. I think it's like it might be the day before. There, there's something. She'll be there. I, I'd be shocked. Yeah, to get to J- from Japan I mean, could, to fucking Vegas. I mean, she could yeah. probably afford a teleporter, right? Like she's. I don't know. They're gonna give her IVs or anti-aging syrup or something to put yeah, her on that plane. Imagine being thing. her marketing director and. And like pleading with her, go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, go, you, go, go. You could not get a better advertisement than this. Even if people are going to be annoyed, you're going to get all all the publicity. I bet you she could make more money from just being there than doing her concert. Oh yeah, probably. Right, like people will still show up in Japan if she moves it a week or whatever. Um, my favorite MVP picks are Pacheco. Was plus two twenty five hundred. He's never going to win it. He, yep. the The other ones I like are uh, I like Fred Warner at plus fourteen thousand. I like I like Fred Warner. I always like a defensive player in there, even though they never get it. Fred Warner is a good one. I you never like know. It's, it's such a popularity contest. I feel like they just give out MVPs. Even when Brady didn't have the best game, they would they would give him MVP. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like just based on you won the fucking game. You know, but a Terry. It could have been MVP in a couple of those games, you know. Who got one? Was Deion it, Branch um, got one? Deion I think Branch once. got one. Yeah, and Edelman. Edelman I mean, got one. Malcolm Butler probably should have fucking got one for that play just know, alone right? because that was probably the greatest play in Super Bowl history. Definitely, um, but that but Brady was outstanding in that. He did throw two interceptions in the first true. half. You got to give him that. But but then two, he came back from two the touchdown court, drives what, in the fourth down? quarter against that defense. 
Yeah. 10 or 14 points down. I don't remember. It's weird. It was 10 points. I mean, down. James, James White was fucking amazing in that yeah, game. Yeah, like 14 catches in that game. Yeah. Spectacular. So, it's tough. Um, I I just feel like the the Chiefs. I, I guess I could see Pacheco. I don't think it's it's really that likely. I think you're right. It's either Mahomes or Kelsey for the Chiefs. But for the Niners, I feel like it's a more open field. Yeah, it could be any of those guys. Now, I Niners, could have two touchdowns and win it. You know, I Fred Warner McC- could have an interception and a strip sack. McCaffrey's got to be the clear. Debo could just number two run over everybody. besides Mahomes. It's got to be Mahomes and McCaffrey, right? It's Purdy. They put Purdy's Purdy ahead of two. McCaffrey. Yeah. Yeah. I got to give credit to per- to Purdy, man. We a lot of people like downgrade him because of his name, where he was picked. He doesn't have the talent, but he doesn't really make a ton of mistakes. And when he does, you're thinking it's the end of the 49ers. You know what I mean? And then he comes back and does what he's supposed to do. He's yeah. been co- he's been coached up to such a level that he he's not going to kill you, you know. And I, I just feel bad for the kid. I think he's in a, a tough spot where, like, people are expecting him to be, like, the next, not Brady, but, like, he's got that kind of underrated value to him. Yeah, yeah. You know, where, like, you took him late, so I don't know. It's weird. It's a, it's a weird situation with him. Rooting for him, big time. Um, oh, yeah. My favorite bet is Jake Moody to miss a field goal. Plus 210. Oh, wow. Field goal. He's a rookie kicker in the Super Bowl. That's tough, right? He's already already missed him in the playoffs. But you know what? He's coming from Michigan. That's a lot of pressure. Every time you kick a field goal in Michigan, it's it's a big deal. Because that is just, a good one. You know. I don't look at Jake Moody and think like the pressure's gonna get to him. So he might miss one just because he misses one, but it's yeah. I don't think it's gonna be because of crowd noise or anything like that. Totally. Um yeah. So <laughs> This is the last football game that we're going to be able to watch for like seven months. Yeah, and honestly, so, I'm happy about it because I want this under I want this off season underway. <laughs> I fucking love it. We need to get into draft talk, free agency talk, all this shit, and, and just get it moving in in a forward direction because I'm so sick of going backwards here, you know. Oh yeah. Well, we'll we'll be going forwards on this podcast at least. So we're going to do we're going to dig deep on some of the we're going to focus on the the money positions which uh, coincidentally are exactly the positions that the Patriots really need, wide receiver, offensive tackle, quarterback. Uh well also we'll we'll take a look at some of the top prospects and play some of the other positions as well, but focusing on those those primary positions and then digging super deep on on free agency. We got a ton of money to spend this year, like three times as much next year. So they can make some serious moves, some big names available uh, at positions that need also the trade market. But um, mm-hmm. to start off as a as a preview of our next episode, which will be focused on quarterbacks, uh, Patriots drafting a number three behind the Bears and the Commanders, both of whom could be taking quarterback. So you could be sitting there looking at the the number three quarterback on the board and you get to decide, do I like him better or do I like a Marvin Harrison or one of the offensive tackles? Or be, um, Joe Wall. It would be Joe Wall, I think. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's keep going. And then so I feel like you need to be hyper focused on these top three quarterbacks. And then that number, you need to be cross referencing them with some of the the premier uh players at, at the other positions of need. 
So right now, most most draft boards have Caleb Williams one, Drake May two, Jaden Daniels three. Mm-hmm. Jaden Daniels high riser after his Heisman season. Uh, I, th- I feel like Caleb and Drake May have been one two since the start right. of last yeah. college football season. Definitely. Jaden Daniels is getting momentum to get to leapfrog Jake, Drake May. I haven't seen anybody really push Caleb Williams out of that top spot. Um, but what, where do you guys see these top three right now? Or do you have somebody else you want to throw into the mix? You got a Michael Penix that that's drawn your attention. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, I think the clear two. I got to do more looking on uh, Daniels and I'll have that for next week. But to me, it seems like the safe pick is Drake May. You know, he's got he's got your typical quarterback size. He makes a lot of good decisions. He can move. Um, he's good at running the ball when he's, you know, uh, me and Ryan were talking about it earlier. You know, it kind of gets overlooked because Daniels is such a good runner. May is, they don't really talk about him like that, but he can run the ball well. And he's just, he's got a hell of a cannon of an arm. And I just liked his play better. You know, he looks more like a prototypical quarterback that can run the ball. Caleb Williams to me looks like just someone that has a freakish arm and just kind of dances around out there and throws it up. And half the highlights I was watching, it's the the cornerback falls down and, you know, the receiver grabs it easily because he's not being contested and runs for a touchdown. And that stuff doesn't happen in the NFL. You know, Mm -hmm. it was, it's people have kind of comped him to, Pat Mahomes, but Pat Mahomes has everything else you need to go with that type of player. You know, he doesn't let, you know, when one of those stupid plays goes the wrong way, he doesn't let, let it get to his head. Um, you know, say what you will about Mahomes. He seems like a pretty tough, physically and mentally tough quarterback in terms of, um, you know, he always keeps coming back and he doesn't let the lights get to him or any of the pressure get to him. He's very even keeled, kind of like a Brady type player. And I don't think Caleb Williams has any of that. There's just story after story after story of this dude coming undone after whatever loss or whatever happens. And his parents saying something, or he says something that, you know, just too many red flags in terms of, especially after what we just went through with Mac Jones, you know, complaining and, you know, being a little bit of a prima donna, so do when you, things get tough, do you have Caleb third then? Is that what you're saying? I don't, I don't really know. Like I said, okay. I haven't seen enough right. of Chase Too Daniels yet, but right, I, I got to watch more of him, but I am definitely would take, would want my guy is Drake may right now. If we had to take one, I'd take him. Right. Sean, you want, you want to go before me? Or you want, you I, I'll go next. Yeah. Um, I still got Caleb in the top spot. I saw enough his Heisman year and even, even back in Oklahoma, he was so he, when he was a true freshman in Oklahoma, they had Spencer Rattler there, and it was right after Mayfield had all the success. Kyler Murray comes in; he has an incredible year. Jalen Hurts was tremendous. Spencer Rattler was like the number one recruit in the country. It was like this is the next anointed guy, mm-hmm. and he had some up and down play, and he ended up getting benched, I believe, against Texas. And Caleb Williams comes in as this true freshman and fucking lights it up immediately. And I was like, who is this dude? Mm-hmm. And then he goes to USC and wins the Heisman and lights it up i have all the same concerns james you do uh the the arm talent is off the charts i don't think he's got patrick mahone's arm strength but i mean that's you're you're splitting hairs at this point the arm talent is is insane he's got escapability i i worry that he extends plays too much um and that he's not quite as mobile and escapable 
as as uh, he played at the college level. He won't be able to translate that as well at the pro level. But still, I think the the ceiling is so high for him. Yeah. I still got him one. I do have Drake May too, for all the reasons you mentioned, James. I was watching some film of him. I, I mentioned it before the show, um, but it was him just kind of freelancing and dealing with bad situations against Duke and making plays. And there was this one play. I think he like faked right, went left, stepped up in the pocket. Pocket was closing in front of him. And he just like made this like side throw to the end zone. And it wasn't, it was like a four yard touchdown or something. But I was like, I wonder if he played basketball because it was exactly like I drive to the lane, the center comes up on you and you dish to the guy in the baseline. And then I look it up and he's like a spectacular basketball player. His brothers uh, played for UNC. His dad played for UNC. Wow. And yes. they were like, he was incredible. He could probably walk onto the team there. I, I mean, like, holy he's, shit. He's got more family than that too. His brother pitched for Florida uh, national championship team. But just a freak uh, athlete. Just God just fam- the family lineage is crazy there. But and he uh, um so I, I saw that and I just I love quarterbacks that are the two sport athletes. Like everybody talked about it with Patrick Mahomes, played baseball, Brady. Russell Brady Wilson was a two played sport. baseball. Um Drew Brees was a spectacular tennis player. Really? Like yeah, all, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So this is all Brady was a of... catcher, great drafted catcher. True. Yeah, by the expos, by the Montreal Expos. Montreal Expos. That's how old he is. Uh, so I, I just love that that aspect to it and having that spatial awareness that comes from playing basketball. So those are some of the reasons I got him at two. Jaden Daniels seems too much like uh, if I'm pulling the ball down, I'm running it instead of like I'm pulling the ball down, I'm buying space and then I'm throwing it. That Maybe it comes more with time. You could have said the exact same thing about Lamar Jackson. Um, a lot of comparisons there. I feel like Jaden Daniels gets rocked uh Lamar just always he always slipped contact still does Lamar does Jane Daniels does not seem to have that trait Mm. uh and he's got a much slighter build I think a little worried about that again great great talent if he runs at the combine he's going to run like a 4-3-8 and people are going to freak out um but yeah I have him three I got a bunch of guys below it that I like I actually kind of like Spencer Rattler as a mid-round pick at this Mm -hmm. point Joe Milton is a guy with traits. I don't believe it's going to work out, but you just put, you watch him throw the don't ball. Don't give too like, much away, Sean. Don't yeah, give like, too holy much shit. I'm teasers. Um, You're giving a lot away. Giving way too much away. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll switch it. Ryan, you go. I am a big fan of these, of this quarterback class. I know it's, you know, I, I could see four or five quarterbacks getting picked in the first round just based on need. Um, I think there's six clear guys that are ahead of the rest of the pack. Yeah. Um, I would say Penix is probably last in that list based on traits, injury history, medicals. Um, five, I would probably say, uh, I would probably say Bo Nix, but I like his arm talent. I like his accuracy. I like the way he can move his build. Um, I'm going to get way deeper into this on the next, on the next pod. And four, I like I like the upside of JJ McCarthy. Um, throws a lot of rockets, throws a lot of uh, lasers. Needs to add touch to his game. Um, didn't wasn't asked to throw with a whole lot at Michigan. Mm. Um, three, I love Jaden Daniels. Uh, I I love him as a player, as a quarterback. A lot of these guys are older. Um, Jaden Daniels is not one of them, even though he's been 
playing quarterback for five years. Uh, Arizona State transfer. At one time, I thought he was a six late round pick, a day three pick. Um, he goes to LSU. You know, really transforms his career. I think there's a lot of things you want to see better out of him, as far as buying time, which which to throw. You know, Sean touched on that. I think that once he sees pressure, he's a guy that immediately turns into a runner. And I think more so than Lamar Jackson reminds me of a Randall Cunningham. Um, Number two is the tough thing, because I think two and one, I could almost go either way based on talent and based on... um traits and 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 things i've seen that are kind of red flags um yeah. so in in no particular order i really like caleb williams as far as arm talent i think he's probably got as good as arm talent i mean this guy could just whip a throw like out of his hip pocket and throw a yeah, fucking he, dime he doesn't have to be 50 yards down the field yeah. and he doesn't have to wind up at all no, yeah, like it's fundamentals just a, don't matter, it seems like. It's a special thing, like you just don't see. You know, it's got... Well, it's we've got seen that, a like, lot of those guys that don't have the mental, you know, going to practice all the time and do the hard work. And, you know, I remember... Talking about season. Zach Wilson? Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> you know, we'll we'll get into that next week, but I think... You're Marcus Russell. I mean, there's a, there's a laundry list of guys who just have ubers and ubers of quarterbacking talent but it's a whole nother in it's different when you see it when when it when you when you see it it jumps off the tape and you say what the fuck was that right but what just happened like he was under pressure and he just whipped something you know out of his hip that went 50 yards and it was a fucking perfect throw like just you can't really teach it so I really like Caleb Williams, and I'm not going to tell you which one I have one or two right now. I'm going to save that. But <laughs> I also love Drake May. You know, the 6'4", 230 frame, the uh, the escapability, the the ability to throw off platforms, the, the absolute cannon. He's got a really good arm. Yeah, he does. Um, I love the makeup, the, the way to bounce back from adversity. Uh there's some things mechanically that that you know take a, a little bit longer to develop. I think his windup is is a little bit longer, but if you're comparing these guys and and like specifically in in Drake May's um, camp there, where you're saying he's got a he's got a long windup and you're just looking for negatives. Oh, he played in the ACC. Like you're doing yourself a disservice because. So many great quarterbacks have come from smaller schools and, and smaller conferences mm-hmm. where you're saying he played in the ACC. Man, where did Mahomes play? He played at Texas Tech. You Big know? 12. Yeah, Big 12. And it's just like, you don't know, all right? like yeah, you, you don't, don't have to be an SEC guy. Where, where did uh, Drew Brees play? Purdue? Purdue, Big 10. I mean, Josh you know, Allen, like Wyoming. Wyoming. Jackson, Louisville. Wyoming is yeah. great. Yeah. I mean... He, Joe Burrow was a transfer to to the SEC. He he was at Ohio State. Some of the great quarterbacks. I mean, um, Pac twelve, Pac twelve is not really. I mean, it's it's a really good 
conference was it was right <laughs> but like the, who are the great defenses in the pac 12 don't exist uh, you know <laughs> you want to get into that whole narrative of like downgrading a guy for what school he went to i give him credit yeah. for sticking out of school when he could he this kid had a fucking scholarship to play at alabama and he said no i don't really want to wait you know and he comes right. in as a redshirt freshman and he leads the entire nation in total yards. He led his team in rushing, this kid Drake May, with Omari Spellman on his team. The fucking fantastic running back. He's probably going to fucking have a thousand yards. Left. I don't know. We're going to get into that whole thing, but. There we go. I'm, as I'm much as fan, we try to just. I'm a fan of these top two by far. And yeah, I put yeah. a gap between between Drake May and Caleb Williams and then. And everybody else. Jaden Daniels. I put Jaden Daniels so... farther down, but. I think Jaden Daniels could rise up because of the season. Um, granted, he had Brian Thomas Jr. and and uh, Malik Neighbors to throw to. I, I'm giving too much away. I think, but let's. We all did. Yeah. We all did, except for James. He he kept that straight in the vest. I think probably he's he's got some formulating to do on those opinions. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's super fun to talk about the fact that we're in this market that we have this asset at the top. It's frustrating to be at number three instead of number two or number one, but. Uh, we're going to get into it deep. My, my list, I got nine quarterbacks on my list there. There could be more, who knows? So yeah, we'll, we'll get into that all at the next episode. Um, as we talked about last week, I took the chiefs. You guys both took the Niners this weekend. We're going to see who comes out on that. We're going to see which of these props hit wait for Fred Warner to have two defensive touchdowns. And then, and then we'll be talking about who should have put five bucks to win seven grand or whatever. Hey. <laughs> Good for you. Um, put, yeah, put the exactly. money down, dude. Put the money where your mouth is, dude. Let's go. I will not. I will. <laughs> will you take that bet if I give you five bucks and you got to pay me seven hundred if if he wins? I'm good, dude. I'm good. Yeah. Um. Anyway, last football game of the year. It'll be bittersweet, but then we get to move on to the off season. Dig deep on these quarterbacks, other positions, uh, free agency, all that good stuff. So thank you all for for tuning in throughout this 2023 season. Now we move on to the 2024 off season. Next time we talk. Looking big forward changes. to it big time. All right, guys. See you. Adios.